Good afternoon. I have the lovely Heather with me. I will let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about herself. Hi, um, I'm Heather Burnside and I'm an author of 14 gritty crime novels, often referred to as Gangland, um, but they're not all gang-based. They're, they're more sort of the underbelly of society. And book number 14 called Redemption, that is actually about a gang. Um, and that um, went out on Thursday, Thursday just gone. Um, it's mainly focused on the main character, Maka, who uh, joins a gang as a way to make money, not just for himself, but for his mother as well, um, because his mother kind of relies on seedy men to, to treat her. They come from a very deprived background. Um, and he gets into this gang and it has devastating consequences. So the book follows on from that, what happens to him, what happens to the other characters. And there's also um, quite a strong female character and it's a bit of a will they, won't they situation because his life, his lifestyle kind of gets in the way of things. So that, that's my latest novel. <laughs> I'm currently working on book 15. Wow. <laughs> And we only just met recently at Harrogate, didn't we? So this we is Thomas yeah. and the of Harrogate, so that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you always know that you wanted to write? Um, I didn't really. I've always been a procrastinator. Um, at school, from what I remember, I'd, I'd kind of, it'd take me an age to get going, and then once I got going, I couldn't stop. Um, but I've got an old friend from school who reads all of my books, and... I went to see her, she doesn't live near me. I went to see her last year and she said, oh, your stories were always fabulous at school. So I think it might have been something that was there, but I just never realised. And it was only, um, like I've just been telling uh, Donna off screen, when I did a writing course after I'd had my children, um, because I, I, I actually sat back and thought, what do I want to do with my life? And I did this writing course and um, I just knew from the moment I started doing it, I thought, this is me. This is where I want to be. This is, it wasn't all book writing. There was various different types, but yeah, I just, I, just, I was so buzzing when I did the course because I just knew it was my thing and it took me a long time to find it, but it is so satisfying when you do find um, your, I won't call it a vocation because it's not really that, but you know, the thing that makes you happy that you do day to day, basically. And uh, did you know that you were going to write sort of gangland or did that just happen by accident when you started writing? I had no idea. Um, started writing a book as part of my course and it had very much um, a chick lit feel. I think at the time I was home with kids <laughs> and uh, I was I was maybe reminiscing of, you know, all the sort of nightlife in Manchester that I used to be part of before I had children. And it it was it will it wasn't going anywhere. I got so far, and I thought this book needs a bit of oomph. So I introduced the crime element. There, the two lead characters, female. I just thought to myself, what could happen in this book that will devastate their lives and just change everything? And that was what put me onto crime. And then as I wrote it, um, the second character really was a character, um, and the estate that I, I, well I spent my teens on. Um, I did come across some real characters so that was kind of already there in my head and I kind of hinted at the fact that um, a dad was a bit of a petty criminal and a sister hung about with some dubious characters 
So it was only when I got towards the end of the book, I thought, I want to do something with this character now because she's, yeah, she's a real character, a real feisty. Um, and the whole um, gangland element came in then. And I think it was kind of thinking about the estate where I grew up because after I'd left there, the gangs moved in and it was constantly in the news, um, not just in the Manchester Evening News, but it made the national press as well because the problems were so bad. So it just happened. It was just, you know, if, if you want something interesting to write about it, it, and it's what's going on around you, then you, I think it's inevitable that that is where you'll end up. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's how it happened. And are your books a series or are they standalones? So I've got two trilogies. So that was the first one. Um, originally published it independently and then a publisher found me because I'd done a promotion and it had, had risen in the ranks. So that was the first trilogy. Then I did another trilogy for them. Uh, then they wanted more series because the um, readers tend to like series for Gangland. But I don't like writing series. And I said to the publishers, no, this is it. I, I, I just want to do standalones now. Um, but the next series, The Working Girls, kind of happened by chance. There is a bit of a story behind that. I don't know if you want me to go into that. But, yeah, so that's a series of five. Yeah, so so what happened with The Working Girls? Uh, I started off with an idea for the first book called The Mark. And it was, I'd seen um, a, I used to watch um, Prime Suspects in the 90s, the original Prime Suspect, because I'm that old. <laughs> and um, I could just vaguely remember a scene where Helen Mirren, um, Jane Tennyson, is in this pub with a lot of working girls and she's pumping them for information. And she's got an affinity with the girls because she was that type of character. Um, but at the same time, she looked so out of place. She was very well-dressed, spoke very refined. She just did, you know, she just didn't seem to fit into that, that pub. And I think my author imagination just started working overtime and thinking, she's leaving herself open to all sorts of risks there. I think from memory she was on her own. And I thought, you know, any of these sort of dodgy characters in this pub could decide to follow her home or whatever. And, and that was that. I thought, yeah, that's it. That's a book. One of these dodgy characters follows her home and it's what happens leading on from that. Um, so in my book, she's a journalist that comes to write an expose about working girls. So that was the first book. So... As I wrote it, I started doing a lot of research about working girls um, and I read various autobiographies. I went to see a couple of charities in Manchester and I watched a series of videos. Um, it was by the BBC and it was about the um, red light district in Leeds. And each of these girls was kind of telling their story. And they had a lot of similarities. Um, you know, they'd grown up in care, um, from dysfunctional families, the parents might be drug addicts, alcoholics, etc., etc. They did have a lot in common, but at the same time, every one of them had a distinct personality. And it kind of opened my eyes and I thought, I need to do this, I need to write about these girls. Um, and that then became a series because I thought of two books and then as I came to the end of them, I thought of two more. Um, and then I did a spin-off as well. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think 
it's it is it is quite an eye opener that their lives and although I write for primarily for entertainment to entertain readers, I am on a bit of a mission as well because I like to highlight issues. So obviously I've written about girls in care and homelessness, drug addiction, domestic abuse, all sorts of things. Um, I like to include in the books because I do like to highlight issues. And I think it's probably because of my own background. You know, I've seen a lot and I've seen what people go through and where they end up. So, yeah, I, you might get that I'm particularly proud of the Working Girls series. And then after that, I've gone on to standalones because writing a, a series of five was was hard. Um, it's timeline. I, I hate timelines. So for them, I had to draw up a timeline for each book and then a timeline for the whole series. So when I wrote the last book, it was sort of because each book was about a girl, but they overlapped as well. So it was sort of right. Where was she in that book? What year was that? What was she doing then? Do you know what I mean? So for the last, as it went on, it got harder and harder to, you know, the the sort of the working out the timeline basically and making sure that I didn't make any slips where I'd contradict in book five something that I'd said in book two or three or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I thought I'm I'm definitely doing a few standalones now. Give myself a break. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds stressful. And you know someone will notice as well, don't you? Because readers are hot on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate um, timelines. They're definitely my Achilles heel. hate it. And you were talking about research. Um, what's the most interesting research you've had to do? Have you found that anything particularly shocking or funny? I think it was when I went to uh, see the charities in Manchester. I'd written the first three books of The Working Girls by that stage. Um, and when I, I did think of the idea, the overall idea for the two books, um, but it was the scenarios, because a lot of the girls do go through similar scenarios, you know, the abuse and what have you. But I didn't want to repeat the same scenarios in every book. So I decided I also wanted to get the charities involved. Uh, I wanted to give them a mention as part of my sort of mission to, you know, highlight issues and what have you. So I went to see two charities in Manchester, um, one of them called MASH, which is Manchester Action on Street Health. Um, they actually have a, a van patrol in Manchester that helps the girls, even if they just want to go in the van for a drink or, you know, they give them advice, they hand out contraceptives, whatever, that sort of thing. I didn't, I could have gone, to the van but I have to say I wimped out <laughs> because I just it, but again it makes you realize what these girls go through because to me the thought of going into Manchester on my own um none of my friends were up for it and I didn't want I could have took one of my brothers but I, I didn't think it was appropriate to take a man into that situation which obviously that van was there for comfort for the girls so to have a man with me wouldn't feel appropriate um and I didn't want to go in on my own um, and then have to make my way home from Manchester, walking through the red light district to find a taxi. So I did win pal. Um, but I also saw a charity called Life, Life Share, um, which is all about the young and homeless. And there were so many overlaps between homelessness in young women and um sex work. So that I found all that really interesting. And then just some of the scenarios that they told me about that I put into my books. Um, 
like, for instance, my, my book Sapphire opens up where she's sleeping in a shop doorway and there's a, a gang of youths out on the lash decide it's fun to urinate all over her. And it's quite a common thing, apparently. So, yeah, it opened my eyes. So, yeah, I think that research was really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah I've heard. I live, well, I live in Dutchville, but um, I work in, in Newton and there's a lot of homelessness in Newton. And yeah. I've heard those stories as well. And from men as well, it doesn't seem to make any difference um, yeah. either way. So, yeah, it's pretty horrendous. It is. It's really sad because... Um, you know, a lot of people haven't chosen to be homeless and it's just a combination of circumstances that have led to that. And yeah. it is really sad. Um, having said that, and I know this sounds awful, I do give to the charities, but I do pass homeless people in the street because um, obviously if somebody's high on drugs, they become quite unpredictable. And as a woman on your own, it can be intimidating. Um, but I believe the best way to do it is to donate to the charities rather than direct anyway, because you can ensure that the, the money is spent in the right way. So. Yeah. I'm, and again, it, it sounds horrible, but I don't trust all of them. So, you know, you've got the genuine ones and you have the ones that aren't. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I don't have much money to spare and I don't really want to give it to someone that's going to get in their Van Rover and go to it. You know, so you know. <laughs> yeah. I particularly like to live share the work they do because they're focused on young people. So they might have a 16-year-old girl, for example, who's had a fallout with a with a stepdad. You know, she her mother's got a new partner, she doesn't get on with him, and she's walked out of the home and she ends up on the streets, you know, and it's it's them, I think, I think it's a brilliant idea to target them at that age before they become embroiled in that as a lifestyle choice, you know. And I mean, I don't know what the uh, percentages are, but they do manage to help a lot of young people, you know, getting them on educational courses, helping them with accommodation, all sorts of things. So, yeah, they do a wonderful job. So there's my there's my plug for life share. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we had a guy um, that used to come in and he was always very polite. He always paid for everything. Um, you know, we knew he was homeless. Um, yeah. And if he had the money and if he didn't, then we'd give him stuff because he never tried to steal. You know, and he was really lovely. And we got talking to him. We got to know him. Um, and he was an ex-vet. He'd been in the forces. Um, and charities had tried to help him because he had a girlfriend that was also homeless. He didn't want to leave her because he knew how dangerous it would be for her. Um, he lived in like an underpass um, and he got beaten up and stuff quite regularly, you know, and all his stuff nicked and, and stuff. It was awful. And then we hadn't seen him for a while. And we're like, you know, it's always, like, oh, my God. Um, and then I think maybe just before the pandemic, he came in clean, wearing a, like, I think, I don't know if it was a suit or just like jeans and a jumper and stuff. He'd got himself a house and a job and he'd got his girlfriend out of being homeless oh. and stuff and it was just so amazing and he came yeah. in and to tell us you know that he was okay and and it was just the nicest thing I've ever seen in oh. anything that I've ever done it was so lovely oh, so yeah I was really pleased with him yeah and it's nice you know because we've always tried to help him because he was 
you know, really lovely and really genuine. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I mean, I work with food and stuff and a lot of it goes in the bin and why not give it to someone that's homeless that needs yeah, it? So. Yeah. Yeah. So that was lovely. That was really, really Aww. touching. Yeah. Haven't seen him for years, actually, but, um, you know, I always think he's doing all right. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's lovely to hear that, isn't it? Oh, you know, people yeah. that genuinely deserve a break. And there are a lot of them, aren't there? Yeah. You know, and you know, he had the opportunities because of his girlfriend and not wanting to leave her behind. And like, that's really nice as well. Yeah. You know, he could have taken it and, and stuff, but he didn't. So yeah, fair play to him. Oh. Yeah. What a tale. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's amazing what you see working retail. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, books, I suppose we should talk about books. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you, have you become, because again, I'm seeing, seems to be growing um, quite big now, actually, because you write that genre, have you become quite friendly with other authors or is it just all authors in general? I never used to, um, I'm a bit of an introvert, you know, people think I'm standoffish, but I'm actually a bit introverted till I've had a drink and then I'm a lunatic. <laughs> Um, and I always kind of shied away from going to events and things. Um, when I went to Harrogate the first time two years ago, I was like a deer caught in the headlights. I'd found it really intimidating, all these strange people and what have you. But um, I've been going to an event called Crime Central at Manchester, which is on monthly, which is a great event. And um, I went with Sam, Sam Brownlee, who's from the UK Crime Book club because I'd got to know Sam at uh, Crime Central so it was nice just to have somebody you know um, I think we both found it helpful to go with a friend and not feel so alone and intimidated because you're on your own with all these hordes of people so yeah I've only just really started getting to know other authors and people in the sort of writing world Um, it's been good going to Crime Central because we have a regular group really and Rob's lovely who does it, Rob Parker. Um, and I kind of get to know other authors as well, you know, while I'm there. But um, yeah, I am I have to push myself me to to make myself talk to people. I know it sounds ridiculous at my age, but it's just it's probably all part and parcel of my upbringing and what have you. So yeah, I've just started getting to know. Had a good chat with uh, Emma Talon at Harrogate. She writes in my genre, she's lovely. Yeah, we had a good chat and, uh, yeah, quite a few other people I met. Yeah, you're not alone. I mean, at Harrogate, I saw an author sitting on the stairs just to have, you know, five minutes because so many are introverted, you know, and then to throw them into Harrogate, which is just insane. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, they get overwhelmed. You know, everyone does. So, yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, it is overwhelming. And I think um, writing is kind of like a solitary profession, and then when you're thrown into the limelight, it's kind of, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. I love Rob. Um, Parker is such a little cutie, isn't he? Oh, he's a darling, <laughs> he really is. And Rob just knows everybody. I think he's, you know, um, I don't think he he kind of, I don't think, I think he actually enjoys the whole, that world, you know, and he's brilliant. He gets along with everyone. Yeah, I know. It's, and he it's, always makes you feel comfortable and at home, you know. Yeah, and I love Sam. She's one of my favourite humans. Yeah, yeah, Sam's lovely. gorgeous, yeah. Really nice, yeah. She was really funny. And um, because I do these, I get to know quite a lot of people. And even if I haven't met them, I'm quite comfortable 
you know, I used to be shy, I'm not really shy anymore. But um I when she was at Capital Crime last year, um even someone like William Shaw, who's one of the loveliest guys, she was mm. jumping up and down because she hasn't met him. And I'm like, ah, it's just really just go say hello, it's fine. And she's like, ah. <laughs> like I can't. I'm like, for God's sake, like come on, there's <laughs> yeah, so yeah, she was, you know, and I didn't expect her to be like that necessarily, but yeah. That was quite funny. I'm yeah. like, for God's sake, could it just go say <laughs> But I suppose once you've met so many, I mean, you realise that authors are just people, aren't they? We're all we're all people at the end of the day. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I met Lee Child this year at Harrogate, and, you know, there's some authors that are just like, wow. Talking about how much he hates his brothers and how he grew up in, you know, I think Birmingham or something and stuff and where he went to school. And just like you're a new child, this is weird. And he's taken us for ages. And it was yeah, so yeah, even like someone like like Lee Child was yeah, he was just another guy. It yeah. was mental, mental. <laughs> but awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's why authors get drunk, isn't it? So that they lose all their Probably, <laughs> that's probably why Harrogate's such a massive booze up. And then obviously you end up saying things where you sort of the next day, oh my God, did I say that? Did I say that? <laughs> and there was um, one author that got very drunk the year before. I won't name her, I won't embarrass her, but <laughs> she did go up to an author, oh, I love you. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> he didn't, the author didn't care and she was too drunk to remember, but she, <laughs> yeah, bless her. <laughs> So yeah, she she hasn't got that drug since. Oh, at least somebody else has done it before me. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh, every year I'm sure. <laughs> I've just happened just because I happened to know her and I was there and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, in all the books you've written so far, do you have a favourite character that's the most fun to write? Not necessarily a favourite mm. character because I know that's like choosing between your children, but one that's most yes. fun. Um, oh, I like uh, Maka in the latest book, and a few of the reviews that have come in up to now said, Oh, my heart went out to him. He's a lovable rogue. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of I've often been drawn to men of that type to, to my detriment, <laughs> but yeah, he is a lovable rogue. Um, he's funny and he's yeah, so so I like Maka. Um, in my earlier books, there was a character called Rita. She was the one, uh, when I wrote my first trilogy, she was the one who, who was like the second main character in the first book, but I liked her that much. I then went on to write another two books. And she was given the name Rita the Man-Eater. Um, and yeah, she was <laughs> she was quite intimidating to the men. Uh, but a real character, but with a heart of gold. And she was, she was fun to write. Yeah, I think... A, Bit of a similar character to her was was Crystal, um, probably not quite as um, funny or relaxed, more troubled really, because she was one of the working girls. Um, but she was an interesting character as well. I do like interesting characters. I'm kind of, I kind of known a bit from the characterisation, but I think it's all stemmed from the estate where I lived in my teens so obviously I wasn't writing them but I was observing <laughs> as a you know young terrified kid in my teens living on this estate on this wild estate I was taking it all in and um, yeah so it's all it's all there. <laughs> um, how do you choose character names? 
So what I do is, it probably sounds quite boring. Um, I know the sort of area that I'm looking at. So I just go on Google and type in uh, top boys' names for 1991 or whatever. And then I kind of work my way down and think, have I used that one before? Problem is, my memory's so bad. There's a character in the book I'm currently writing, Joel. Um, he's currently Joel. But I'm thinking, I'm sure, I'm sure I've used Joel before. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go through all my other books. I've got a note on the document when I get to the end of the book to go through all my previous books and make sure I haven't used Joel. And if I have, I'm going to have to change the name. So, yeah, but you do get lists of uh, top 100 boys' names of whatever year. Or sometimes something will just come to me, you know, um, the name of somebody I, I kind of vaguely know or might have known. And I think, yeah, they seem like a Joel or whatever type of person. So, yeah, that's that's how I choose the names. <laughs> I asked that question once and I can't remember if someone was writing like in the 1920s and then and she said every time she goes somewhere, she asks what the grandparents' names were because she loved them. She just connects it. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think, I used to ask the question and then I stopped asking it and I started asking it again because sometimes it's quite interesting ways. Um, someone I know that writes cozy crime looks at a map and they look at all the weird place names, weird villages and stuff, and then they become really cool, cozy crime names, which is actually awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, learn. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you write any secret jokes, messages or Easter eggs into your books? No. <laughs> Not that I can think of, no. Secret messages. Oh, so I'm wondering if this is the sort of thing um, you're thinking about. I, I was in a pub one night and um, this guy started chatting to me. So I chatted back, thought he was single. <laughs> um, only to realise when I sat down, um, my friend was outside having a cigarette at the time. So I sat on my own. And this girl uh, came up and said something really abusive to me. <laughs> you know, it was a threat. And I'd had a few drinks, so I just sat and laughed. And then my friend come running in to see if I was okay. And I said to my friend at the time, I said, I'm going to use that in one of my books. So, yeah, is that the sort of thing you mean? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and it really entertained me sort of using that because it was it was so over the top, you know, it was like, that's my man. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not even bothered, you know. Uh, I've, I've got to use that. So, yeah, I used that. I've probably done other things like that that I just can't think of at the moment. But yeah, that was that one did entertain me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, best thing to do, isn't it? Is to laugh and open it in a bit. Yeah, <laughs> and it kind of fitted into the genre, right? You know, so I think she thought she was a bit of a gangster or something. <laughs> and but yeah, I wasn't intimidated at all. But it, it just amused me, and I thought, wow, that comment has got. To, I can't remember the comment. I know it had a lot of words beginning with F. <laughs> but I can't remember the exact wording. Uh, yeah, so I did use that one. <laughs> Um, would you write in other genres? Like, would you write the standard crime? If they'll let me. <laughs> I've been asking to write um, psycholo psychological thrillers for, well, I've been with my publishers now since 2016. And right from the year dot, they've said, no, you're on that trajectory, keep on the gangland. Uh, psych thrillers is too competitive. Oh, lots of reasons, but it's something that I've got to do because... I just, for my own satisfaction, I've just got to do it. So even if I just do one um, as an independent and then go back to the gangland. And I think there's the other 
uh, thing that you kind of, I've done, I'm on the 15th book now, back to back. I've never really taken more than a week's break between books. And you kind of get a bit jaded, um, particularly this series of four. I'm not saying they're bad books. I don't personally think they're as good as, I'm too honest with me, I'm good sometimes, me. Um, I don't I don't think they're as good as The Working Girls, but that was basically because I thought I was going to write psych thrillers. And then at the last minute I was told, no, we need four ideas within a fortnight. <laughs> Um, I probably shouldn't be saying all this, but yeah. So I want to do it. I will do it. Uh, in the meantime, I have thought of some good gangland ideas, so I will go back to it. But I want to be in a position where I will make sure that these new gangland books are better than the ones I'm currently writing. Um, because it's, it's a personal challenge. So, you know, for me, personal challenges to write a psych thriller, something I've wanted to do for years now. Um, and then the other personal challenge is, um, I feel like my best books are the ones where it's it's relevant to something that's going on, sort of in and around me that I feel um, I feel passionate about, and the ideas that I've thought are more things that I feel passionate about. So, yeah, that's that's coming in the future. So, <laughs> yeah, and and that's as far as I've got at the moment. I'm actually writing the last book on a contract at the moment, so everything's a bit up in the air. It's like do I do this book independently? Because if I go with a publisher, if I get a publishing deal for psych thrillers, will they want three books? Do I want to do three in psych thrillers? Do I just want to do the one and go back to get it? So it's all a bit up in the air, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should definitely write it, you know, because otherwise you're always going to wonder, aren't you? So you should definitely, yeah. and then what happens after that? At least it's written and you're sort of yeah. satisfied that <laughs> it's like yeah. I do think there's an element as well of, um, I'm not going to name names, but a lot of people in the industry don't take gangland authors seriously. They somehow think that they're second rate and there are some absolutely fantastic writers in the genre. And it's so sad because a lot of readers won't even touch it because, so it's almost like I've noticed a few um, of the sort of top names in gangland now have deviated into psychological thrillers. Whether they're doing it for the same reason that they want to be taken more seriously, I don't know. But yeah, this this part of that, it, it is, it's kind of, I know I can do it, you know, it's kind of proving to other people that I don't just do gangland. Yeah, It's really so. funny, um, I'm part of um, organising an event called uh, Tales and Trent, and we had a gangland also come on to our group and say, oh, why haven't you got any gangland um, writers? You know, we're always ignored and stuff. It's like, well, none applies. You know, we're not excluding anyone. We put up a list or a, a, a sign-up form. People signed up. If no gangland authors signed up, then what are we supposed to do? We're not excluding anyone. But she got right on our high horse and was like, rah, 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 and stuff straight away. It's like... It's nothing to do with what genre you write. If you don't sign up, <laughs> so we could do about it. So, yeah, obviously yeah. it's something I think, that I've, I've heard quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not – I don't get on the high horse about it. I just accept it. it. It's the way it is, you know. Um, but I think it's, it's a bit of a catch-22 because organisers of events aren't going to cater for that if the people going to the events aren't particularly into gangland. And from the couple of events that I've been to, 
I've found that they're not really, you know, there's not really a lot of gangland readers there. So, yeah, it is a bit of a catch-22, really. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, we, uh, the, the event I'm part of, which our next one's in two weeks, actually. Um, and again, I don't think we've got any gangland authors because none signed up. Um, but Well, I'll have to watch out for your next one and put my name down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we We have everything. You know, we have... I can't remember if we have a poet this year, we have horror, we have romance, we have fantasy, we have crime. Um, yeah, it's and historical, we really do. I think there's um a guy that does comics and stuff, everything. So, you know, we're we're one of the sort of we're very inclusive, we don't care what you write. Oh, that sounds great. That's lovely to hear that. Yeah, you know, this is part of that charity that I talked about. Um it's called Changes. It's a mental health charity, so um, you know, they're also we're raising money to give to the mental health charity. It's based in state. So yeah, um, yeah, we I think it's six years old there's all sorts. So wow. Yeah. So do you sign up via your group? No, it's um there's uh its own group. I post the sign up in my group as well so that yeah. everyone knows when it's open. Yeah. But it's open subscribed. Yeah. It's, um <laughs> when the, the sign up goes up it's pretty crazy. For a while, <laughs> I think we yeah. had. I think Claire, the, the lady that organises it, had over a hundred people on the waiting list, and that's as well as the sixty. So yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, can't believe it's two weeks away. It was about twenty months or something, eighteen months when she first um started organising this one. So mm. wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm doing all panels on the day. So. Yeah. Oh, right. Great. Yeah, it'll be fine. The crazy things that I do now. Um, when you're editing your books or when your editor gets your books, what are the uh, words or phrases that you most overuse and get told off for? Oh, um Oh, I'm trying to think. I know I do overuse, but I kind I self-edit, I, I self-edit my books quite a bit before they go. Um, to the editor, so I don't think I've had the editors pull up recent ones, um, but I spot things myself, particularly if I've been writing a page, I'll repeat the same phrase on the next page. Um, it tends to be, it's in my mind, and, I, and I'll, but then I, I review each chapter as I write them, or, re, or each scene, whatever I've written the day before, I'll, I'll review the next day, so I'll spot it then, so I think a lot of it gets cut out before before it gets to them. I don't think this, I can't think of particular ones that are all the way through the book. It, it, like I say, it tends to be something I've just used and it's obviously <laughs> still in my head. So it'll probably come up in the next page and the next page. Yeah, but it's 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 difficult. It's a difficult habit to break that. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I love them uh, asking that. A lot of people say just. A lot of authors, their word is just. And straight away, they're like, just, all the time. <laughs> I've thought, yeah, I've thought of a couple, actually. <laughs> couple. I use couple a lot. And <laughs> moment, for a moment, in a moment. Yeah, I do use them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And everyone's so different as well. Except for just, it comes up quite a lot. So always, And I think it's how you speak as well, isn't it? That yeah. It kind of definitely. comes out in your writing. 
I mean, if I do spot them, sometimes you don't just because you're that used to saying them, you're kind of blinded to them. But if I do, I'll do a search on Word and think, right, this. 50 odd instances of this word can I reduce it down a bit <laughs> just a bit <laughs> um if you're able to spend a day with any author dead or alive who would you like to spend a day with um I don't I don't really this is going to sound awful but I don't really um you know I was talking about this thing before I see authors as people I don't really do celeb culture or anything like that um, what about like someone that would teach you then you could sort of take inspiration from or you could just ask about questions about their style and no I wouldn't <laughs> because I'm I don't know maybe I'm pig-headed but I have my own style and it's that's me do you know what I mean it's it's my way of expressing everything I've been through and everything I feel and all my emotions and yeah, I'm, I'm the sort of person I wouldn't even co-write or anything like that because it's just, there's so much of me in my books. So, yeah, I've, I mean, don't get me wrong, I do admire people. Like, I enjoyed the Jeffrey Deaver talk at um, Harrogate because he's an author I've always admired. But And it is nice to talk to other authors, but I don't really... No, I, I couldn't imagine... You don't fangirl over anyone. <laughs> no, I don't. It's just not me. It's um, I think it's not just to do with authors. It's to do with, you know, this whole celeb culture. Like, um, I hate people here are worshipping footballers, for example, and it, it's a real bugbearer, man. I'm like, why do these guys earn hundreds of thousands of pounds a week for kicking a ball around? And here's those authors on minimum wage. And I think it's I think it's the money that keeps me grounded because you know you quite often when I go out and about with you know my regular friends at home or my brothers or whatever, um I don't like them telling people that I'm an author because I actually feel embarrassed. Because the first thing that comes to my mind is, well, it's just a job like everybody else. And the second thing is, why are you making a force? You probably earn three times what I earn. So yeah, I think that does keep me grounded. So, yeah, I just really see people as people. Yeah, sorry, I'm strange, I know, but that's just No, me. that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're able to travel to any period of time in history, just for a visit, either forwards or backwards, where would you like to go? Oh, um, it would depend on who I was and where I was. Obviously, being from where I'm from, if I went back to the 16th century or something, I'd probably be in a pretty desperate situation. Um, oh, honestly, I honestly couldn't say because you you look back in history and there's a lot of dire times, isn't there? Really, so um, we're probably lucky to be in the, the period we're in. I think in recent history, sort of going back to when I was a kid in the 70s. Them felt to me as innocent times in a way, you know. Um, everything was so different, and it's 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 only recent history. But from yeah, from me being a kid in the seventies to how life is now, I much preferred it then. And you know, grew up in poverty, we had nothing, <laughs> and it was a rough area. But I think it was all we ever knew. 
So, I mean, that was a different area than where I spent, spent the teens. Um, but again, it was a poor area, but it was um, it was a typical working class. Everybody looks after each other, you know, that sort of thing. And as kids on the street, you knew all the grown ups and it was there was a community. There was a sense of community. So, yeah, I'll probably go back to that. Uh, I wouldn't go back to the place where I spent the teens all the time because uh, that was a difficult one. But yeah, that, probably that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you like to do when you're not writing? Sorry, what? What do you like to do when you're not writing? Um, I read a bit, not as much as I should, but I do read a bit. I enjoy the theatre. Um, I like going to the gym. It helps me in a lot of ways. It helps me help me to unwind and then. Um, I, I often get ideas when I'm at the gym as well because I'm unwinding. I like walks, although we've not had the weather for it this summer. <laughs> but I do like, I live quite near the countryside, so yeah, I like country walks. Um, what else do I like? Did I say the theatre? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started doing a bit of art um, during lockdown. I keep saying I'll go back to it, but I've not done. Um, I've got to give up my trash TV and find a bit of time for things, <laughs> but I'm too attached to trash TV. So, but yeah, I do like art as well. And I like socialising at the weekends. Uh, yeah, getting out and about. Are you strict with your writing then? Do you have like set times? Yeah, I work, um, because I worked in an office for, office for so many years before becoming a writer. I like that kind of routine, you know, like your nine to five. Um, don't really like doing anything writing related at weekend. I'll answer the odd email, um, but I don't believe that old adage that you've got to write every day. I think that your brain needs time to rest. And I think that it's, if you labour at it too much, you, you get, um, I've never really had um, writer's block. And I think it's because I give my brain a rest. So, because I think if you labour at it, I have bad writing days where, I think this just isn't flowing. But I think it's important to rest your brain like any other muscle. And if you rest it, the ideas are going to come. So, yeah, I kind of try to do roughly nine to five, Monday to Friday. But not all of that's writing. A lot of it is the social media stuff and emails, bookkeeping and all the other millions of things that you have to do. Yeah. Um. So you said you're writing but. 15 and then you're at the end of your contract so um any ideas at all of what you're going to do next you... i've got a clue <laughs> it's 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 pretty much up in the air i know i'd like to do a psych thriller uh whether that'll be just one or whether it'll be more than one it depends do you have an so, idea for a story for a psych thriller? i've never yeah i've never i've never ever uh put myself out there i've um I've been with the same publishers since 2016. So I don't even know what's out there, what they're looking for, whether they're happy with my ideas. Do you know what I mean? So it's all a bit of a, it's exciting. It's kind of going to be like a new adventure in a way, but it's scary as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, yeah. I've, I've got it in mind to do at least one psych thriller. I've got, more ideas for Gangland, um, so I would want to go back to that. But what I will do first, I, I don't know at this stage. So, <laughs> yeah. How long have you got left to decide? How much longer do you write, finish writing well, this 15? 
this book, I'm coming towards the end. I've only got about 10, 15,000 words to write. Well, then I do all my checks, which takes a bit, and work my time around, and this, that, and the other. Um, it doesn't actually have to be until January, but I want, for the first time, I want some actual think time where I can sit back and think, right, what do I really want to do, and let's explore what's out there and what's happening, etc. So, yeah, that's, um, I think, probably take a couple of weeks out, maybe more, get a few jobs in the house done, <laughs> and just start investigating <laughs> and seeing where we go from here I can't really say anymore because I, I don't know myself I might get rejected by everybody for all I know <laughs> and it might be like okay <laughs> that's a square one <laughs> but yeah we'll, we'll just have to see well I don't think I have any more questions for you Alice you think there's anything really obvious that I haven't asked you that you want to tell us about um I don't think there is really no I think you've pretty much covered yeah, who I am and where I've come from and what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've taken it easy on you this time, but if you come back, then you get the trickier questions. So right, okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> prepare myself for that then. Oh, well, thanks very much for having me anyway. I've enjoyed it. You're very welcome. And um, before we go, would you just like to remind everyone about the new book and all the others where they can find out? more about you yeah and I've done what I always do I've completely forgotten to show copies although the new one is only out on Kindle it's not out um on uh in paperback till the end of September so I've not got a copy of that one anyway um so yeah that's that went out last week it's called Redemption it's available on Amazon and other digital retailers and then hopefully when the print comes out next month it'll be rolling into a few bookshops and what have you as well. I'll put a link in my group when I post the interview so people can go buy it if they want. Brilliant. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Okay, thanks. It's been nice chatting to you.